breathing low, slow, and deep in and out through your nose is the fastest way via the phrenic nerve, which wraps around the heart, to tell your brain to calm the heart down. So you can actually control your heartbeat, your heart rate variability with the power of breathwork. It's life-changing. This is Sweat the Details, a collaboration with Under Armour and iHeartRadio, a sports and training podcast made for women by women. I'm Meg Boggs. I'm a powerlifter, author, body positivity advocate, and mother. And I'm Monica Jones. I'm a fitness coach, boxer, business owner, and UA athlete. Every episode, Meg and I will talk to athletes, trainers, and experts and learn more about how the body and mind work together in training and competition. In this episode, we're breathing in and breathing out because we're talking all about the importance of breath work and how we can train our bodies to breathe more efficiently and maybe even perform better because of it. Our guest is Lindsay Trubia, founder of Peak Flow, a breathwork ecosystem and training program. Lindsay was a former D1 athlete who found her passion for breathwork after a scary experience being thrown by a wave while surfing. After that, Lindsay studied a number of techniques and in sports, including yoga and free diving, to better master her breath. Today, she is a certified breathing practitioner in the Wim Hof, Oxygen Advantage, and Buteco methods. Meg, I am really excited to learn more about Lindsay's journey into breathwork and hopefully learn a thing or two about how I can breathe better myself. But before we get into our conversation with Lindsay, I think we should break down what breathwork actually is. Breathwork is something you may have encountered at the end of a fitness class during the cooldown. Maybe your instructor guides you through a few moments of deep and intentional breathing as you stretch. That right there is breathwork. Exactly. Breathwork is a practice of focusing on consciously changing and working with the way that you breathe. Personally, I never realized how important this was until I started powerlifting. And suddenly I was having to actually think about the way I breathe through each lift. Yes, I can only imagine how much your diaphragm would affect that power. With boxing, it's it's breathing out to make sure that we're not holding in too much of our power as we're punching. But we breathe out of our mouth and we usually make a lot of noise. And <laughs> those noises vary. But it's really cool to see that breathing differently and even in a way that's uncomfortable at first can actually make our performance better. Absolutely. And I'm excited to hear all about what she has to say. Yeah, I'm so ready for it. So should we go ahead and bring Lindsay on? Definitely. Let's get to it. All right, folks, we're so excited to have Lindsay Truby on the show today. She's the founder of Peak Flow, a breathwork coaching business. Welcome, Lindsay. Thanks, Monica. Happy to be here. We are so happy to have you. So you're an experienced breathing coach. Could you explain what your work is all about? Yeah. So it's a great question. I get that asked a lot, especially when us humans think that we already know how to breathe. So the vision of peak flow is to help all humans, whether you're an athlete, someone who's looking to heal from the inside out, or a leader trying to make a bigger impact and lead and inspire with heart, be able to have breath work as a tool to allow you to optimize your performance. I really want to kind of backtrack a little bit. Um, okay. about kind of how you got to learn more about breath work. And I know that you were a college athlete, you know, you had a whole D1 soccer journey. So can you kind of explain to us a little bit about what your relationship with breath work was like back then? Yeah, my only tie to breath work when I was playing division one soccer was when my hands were on my knees and I was panting, hoping for a next breath so I could continue to play. I truly didn't even know about breath work until I had a wave, specifically a two-wave hold down in Hawaii, where I lived at the time. 
and was chasing the next big wave, just like I was chasing the next big win. And I was paddling one day, I remember it vividly. And I'm not that big of a, a wave surfer, but it was big enough, probably about seven feet. And I was paddling into it. And for those of you who surf may relate and those who don't, maybe you relate to something else. When you're on the wave and you're flowing with the ocean's energy, the earth's energy, nothing else matters. And you find what I would call peak flow in, in terms of this harnessing this present moment. And as I was going down the wave, my board unfortunately fell and the barrel came over me and, and I was held down in the water for felt like two minutes, probably only 30 seconds to be, to be realistic. Oh and as I'm coming up to take my breath, another wave pounds me down to the bottom of the floor. Oh my gosh. So if you can imagine this washing machine, not knowing which direction is up or down, I started to think of my mom and dad and my brothers and literally said goodbye to them under the water. And in that moment of surrender, rather than fighting the waves, trying to fight the energy of trying to come up to shore, the second of that surrender, I remember it vividly. And sorry if I get emotional here, it gets me every time. The ocean just literally brought me up to the surface and I just gasp the biggest breath, ironically, that I've ever taken. And paddling back in panic, no lifeguards around, back to the beach, sitting there on the beach just crying for the first time. A lot of times I stuff my emotions down as an athlete. I always use the soccer field to kind of looking back, step away from my issues, step away from whatever it is that I didn't want to confront and emotions I wanted to stuff down. Everything came out on that beach. Like, what's my why? What's my purpose? And I didn't know at the time, but naturally I went to go back in the water and I was like, well, the best way to do this is to learn how to hold my breath longer. And so there I was, signed up for free diving, signed up for big wave surfing, which of course not only allows you to learn how to hold your breath longer, but of course trains your mind. And as I was going through these courses, I would just feel these emotional releases as we were doing the breath work, almost back to that goosebump moment, I call it, when you're just free from the mind and your body's just completely dancing to the same rhythm as your mind, your heart, and your soul. And I got up from the breath work and there's other students in the class. I'm like, I'm definitely the only one having these emotional releases and feeling all these feels. And then I get up and kid you not, every single person in the room had tears or smiles. And it was so quiet that you could hear a pin drop. And in that moment, I was like, there's something here. It's organic. It's free when you know how to do it. And I wanted to dive in deeper. And that's where my breathwork journey started. Wow. That is incredible. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> mm, yeah. I, I'm still like trying to <laughs> recover from the moment that you shared under the water. I can't imagine what that must have felt like. And that had to have been a very monumental moment for you. Was that kind of the moment for you or was it a mixture of things? That moment is definitely the pinnacle of it all. And I think there's two, two pillars to that. The first was reflecting is the power in surrendering. So when you allow your body, your mind to quote unquote, be like water and not resist and flow with what comes at you and to adjust and to pivot and to shift, there's so much power in that. And then secondly, yes, I didn't have my breath. And in that moment of panic, whether someone cuts me off in traffic, whether I'm about to do a presentation, whether someone just gets me off my flow, like that moment of panic, the breath is usually not there. 
and using the breath as your remote control to your nervous system when you know how to use it is the power of life. A remote control. I love that. I'm writing that down. (laughs) Yes. Even the way you're speaking right now really brings me so much calm. Me too. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. I have been, you know, working on mindfully breathing. It started with kind of using an app to try and get myself to fall asleep easier. And Mm -hmm. that right there is incredibly important. But then it became so much about other things that I do in life that require more patience and, you know, a little bit more mental calmness. So Lindsay, can you tell us why the way we breathe is important? So James Nestor, I don't know if you both have read this book, but breathe, it's a beautiful book. And he has this one quote that sticks out to me and it's 90% of adults are breathing wrong. And literally, if you think about our body as a car and you need gas to fuel the car, Our breath is literally what brings in oxygen to allow our lungs for the gas exchange to happen, for our muscles to get oxygenated, for organs to get oxygenated, and of course, allowing that CO2 to build to where you have this beautiful synchronicity with the optimal amount of oxygen and CO2. And when that happens and you're truly using the diaphragmatic breathing and using the most important respiratory muscle in your body, which is your diaphragm, it's life-changing. And it's been the root cause to what I've seen with a lot of individuals that I work with to a lot of illness, a lot of anxiety, and it's truly game-changing. Sounds so fulfilling just Mm -hmm. in general, and that is so cool. When you have athletes come to you for guidance and breath work, what do they usually prompt you with when they say they want help? So typically what I see is I want to optimize performance. I've heard about this thing about breath work, and I don't know what the heck that means. But when I get to the root of it, a lot of it is helping that individual with competitive anxiety. That's, uh, I think, the root to a lot of, again, subconscious patterns, subconscious reactions of what we don't think about is you're always trying to compete. And when you're trying to compete, and in my world, I say you're, you're doing rather than being. I feel like for me, when I'm about to compete, you said competitive anxiety. Mm -hmm. And before 2020, I was competing, I was excited in the anxiety of it, I failed my first two attempts. And I had done that weight so many times. And I look back at the videos, and I look back at how I was training, and I really wasn't breathing. Mm. So let's talk about athletic performance, because now I'm curious about this, (laughs) because I could use all the help with this right now. (laughs) Um, But how can breathing properly contribute to our athletic performance? Right. So mouth breathing, especially chronic mouth breathing is so detrimental to our performance. And nasal breathing is just so, so important for a multitude of reasons. But to summarize it up, when you're nasal breathing in and out, especially at night, well, sure, we'll get to this, but taping your mouth at night is a huge takeaway that is game changing. And the way you breathe off the field is the way you breathe on the field. When you're nose breathing, you're cultivating this positive core pressure in your thoracic cage, which allows a huge prevention and injury in terms of ACL surgeries. I have been there, done that, and I would not wish that on anyone. Also, when you're nasal breathing, it harnesses a higher CO2 tolerance inside your body. So people ask me, what the heck does that mean? Why does that matter? And to break it down pretty simply is if you look at CO2 as the divorce agent between an oxygen molecule being inhaled through the nose, comes down to the lungs, and then eventually in the alveoli, which are small sacs in the lungs, 
the oxygen molecule binds to a hemoglobin. And that hemoglobin takes the oxygen molecules into the need of where, whether it's the muscle or the organs, where that gas exchange needs to happen. The divorce agent for that oxygen molecule to come off of the hemoglobin is the prevalence of CO2 in your body. The higher prevalence of CO2 you have in your body, the more efficient, the more effective that offloading process is. And the CO2 comes in, in the hemoglobin and comes out in the expiration or the exhale. So if you're mouth breathing, you have a really low CO2 tolerance, which means that oxygen is really rarely leaving the hemoglobin and actually being exhaled out of your mouth. Also, the nasal passages and the nasal breathing allows you to stimulate your diaphragm, which is that really important breathing muscle that I mentioned earlier. And the mouth breathing does not stimulate the diaphragm at all. And if you want to turn on your rest and digest or what we call your parasympathetic nervous system, breathing low, slow, and deep in and out through your nose is the fastest way via the phrenic nerve, which wraps around the heart to tell your brain to calm the heart down. So you can actually control your heartbeat, your heart rate variability with the power of breath work. And I could go on a lot longer, but I'll kick it back to you. <laughs> yeah. Science. We love it. We really do. I love hearing you talk about it. There's such a passion that ignites when you talk about the difference. And I can see that you're really living and embodying that controlled and, and truly present breathing, which is incredible. You have athletes that come to you for different needs. This can be runners who power through short and powerful sprints to soccer players who are literally running for around 90 minutes at a time nonstop. What would you say are the differences between the kind of breathing needed for a short, intense exercise versus long matches like soccer or you know longer endurance sports? Yeah, so great question. I think what I would call the lifestyle breathing in terms of taping the mouth, doing breath holds, static and dynamic off the pitch or off the court or off the track, looks very similar. So you're always trying to optimize or bring your CO2 tolerance ideally up to about a 7%. 5% is great. Um, below 5 is typically when we see this um, discontinuity in the metabolic needs of the body, which is more panic disorder, patients, etc. But to get back to your question of how they vary is when you're looking at someone who's in a short sprint there's actually a lot of evidence when you're about to set up for the track and that gun's about to go, you actually exhale slowly and then you hold the breath as you sprint and you run your hundred meter or whatever meter that you're running. And of course you can think of sprinting and holding the breath. Wow. That sounds <laughs> really hard and really painful. And yes, and that's part of the beauty of hypoventilation training is you're teaching your body how to breathe less but knowing that breathe less, that air hunger is actually optimizing the biochemistry exchange that's happening in your body to help you perform and beat your competitor. In terms of someone who's playing soccer, how do you integrate strategic breath work during warm-up to allow that chemistry to start to build, to have that CO2 tolerance to start to build? And how do you breathe as you're running? So as a soccer player, instead of breathing through my mouth the whole 90 minutes, I definitely would have been nasal breathing. And of course, if you get to the point where your, your breath is super jagged, you can take it in through the mouth if you have to. But the goal would be to breathe in and out through your nose the entire practice or the entire game. And then also the game-changing moments, I call them, when you're whether you're shooting for a free throw, taking a penalty kick, how can you use that long exhale through the nose to turn on your rest and digest your parasympathetic visualize, then kick. 
That's so interesting. I really want to try some of the stuff. I'm like, I'm like ready to do some exercises. Let's talk about your actual program, your business, uh, Peak Flow. Can you tell us a little bit about how this whole project began? I just want to learn more about it. If you can just share with our listeners about how you got started, what's it all about, what you offer, anything that you want to share about Peak Flow. Yeah. So joining the corporate world, I was actually very much involved in health policy, health insurance, pharma industries of the world. And honestly, it, it kind of ate inside of me because I had this bigger yearning for health and healing at the root. And so being in this industry and also being an athlete and then starting to learn breathwork modalities for different demographics, I was just seeing almost a limitation in all of these methods. I find them so linear and a lot of patients come to me and say, hey, I just read Wim Hof's book, but I have a past in panic disorders. And as a practitioner, we should know that that individual should definitely not be doing a practice that is going to insinuate physical symptoms that exactly mirror the onset of a panic attack. So there's a strategic, beautiful synchronicity with peak flow where we call it the peak flow breathwork ecosystem. So we have an ecosystem where any human that comes into peak flow based on your goals, whether it's health related, sport related, or leadership related, those are our three niches. You can have a specific six week integration program customized to you and also harnessing the power of community. So if there's other individuals who have, for example, asthma who are in the ecosystem or who are in the community, we connect that community together. So you have this beautiful human connection which we all know I think is a little struggle these days with everything going on. But at Peak Flow, we're here to bring that back. And then also in terms of not just the health example, but say you're an athlete and you have a goal to optimize performance and you want to connect with other athletes around the world who are on a similar journey with you, cultivating that community within our memberships. And then lastly, C-suite. So any CEOs, COOs, et cetera, who want to lead and inspire with impact and use these tools to optimize themselves so they can better influence the world and the teams that they're overseeing, allowing them to come in and really harness the breath and the community there. And then lastly, I would add, we have what we call the peak flow elements, which are sleep, hydration, nutrition, rest, et cetera, gratitude, the list goes on, but they're all foundational elements of how you find your peak flow. And we integrate those into our programs and challenges. So again, you turn a new exercise into a new habit at the end of our memberships. Wow. <laughs> Sign me up. We <laughs> me are <too>. ready. <laughs> Ooh, I, ha- I feel like there's just so much that we could continue talking about, but I want to get into some actionable stuff okay. because <laughs> this is all very new to me too. Yeah. Are these breathwork exercises for everyone? Yes. Great question. Depends on what exercise you're going to ask me to do. (laughs) But the answer is no, not all breathworks are for everyone. The one that I will walk you through is for everyone. Highly recommend it. Works for any individual. But in terms of the breath holding, I call it breathing plus where you're actually putting yourself in this hyperventilated state, consciously igniting your stress response and then becoming more at ease Those are the types of breathworks where we have to be a little bit more cautious and making sure that individual, number one, knows the science behind it, understands the symptoms, and can be carried along on their journey in this path where they feel like they're being met where they're at and then can succeed in eventually doing all the exercises. 
that's how you know you're a true present professional Mm. is when you don't just give the one size fits all. Everybody is different and you've got to know where they are getting started, where they currently are, their history, and then help them create a path from there. And that's so supportive and really awesome to hear. Thank you. Let's say someone comes up to you and says, okay, I'm not breathing well. I get out of breath really easily Mm -hmm. and I want to make a change. What would you say would be the first step that person should take to improve their breathing? The nose, nose. So always go back to the nose. So if you catch yourself mouth breathing, the first step is becoming aware. So awareness. Am I mouth breathing? Okay, let's shift to the nose. And also understanding that every inhale that we take energizes the body and every exhale that we take allows the body and the mind to relax. So sympathetic, alert, inhale, parasympathetic, rest, exhale. So our body has this evolutionary, beautiful way of balance, right? The yin and the yang. So when you're in a situation, say you wake up and you want to wake up and you don't have time to go get coffee, or maybe you're not a coffee drinker. And knowing that scale is, okay, if the inhale allows me to become more alert and the exhale allows me to become more restful, let's take a breath pattern where my inhales are longer than my exhales and continuing that until you have this new heightened sense of alertness. And the same is true for the opposite. Say you're going to bed and ideally in and out through the nose, if you're able to breathe through the nose and having that long, slow, extended exhale, because again, that allows you to turn on your parasympathetic, your rest and digest system. Lindsay, can you take us through one of yeah, these yeah. exercises? Totally. Monica, let's do this. I really, really want to try some breathing. breathing. <laughs> yeah, go. let's do this. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and close the eyes if you're comfortable with that. And I just want you to gently sway in your seat left and right, just visualizing your torso, your heart melting towards the earth, relax the shoulders. And if you're not already moving the air in and out through the nose, let's go ahead and shift and notice on your gentle inhales, not changing the breath at all just yet. The warmer air coming in through the nose and the warmer air coming out through the nose. And now on the next inhale, maybe noticing the air is a little colder. And on the exhale, noticing the air is a little warmer. Good, continue at your own rhythm. And as you continue to breathe, let's take your bottom right hand and place it on your belly button. And then take your left hand and place it on your chest. And now I want you to follow just my breath here as I count, but at the bottom of the inhale, I want you to focus on pushing your belly into your bottom hand. So here we go. Inhale through the nose and gently push your belly button into your hand. And exhale as you relax the body, exhaling through the nose. Good, continue, inhale, gently push into your hand. And exhale slowly through the nose. Good, let's add a count here. So inhaling belly for four, three, two, one, and exhaling for four, three, two, one. Again, one more round. Inhaling, slow the breath down. Four, three, two, one, and exhaling for four, three, two, one. Now keeping the eyes closed if they're all ready, you can gently take the hands and place them on your side of your ribs. 
So we're gonna do the same exercise we just did, focusing on the belly first at the bottom of the inhale. And once the belly fills, I want you to focus on your ribs going left and right and almost breathing into your hands. Here we go, inhale through the nose, belly comes out, ribs go left and right. And then exhale as you relax the whole body. Good, inhale, belly first, ribs left and right. And exhale, relax. One more. Inhale, belly, ribs, and come down. Let the hands come down. Eyes can remain closed. One more target area. Right hand again on the belly, left hand on the chest. So like we just did, we're going to do the same thing, but add the chest at the top of the inhale. So here we go. Inhale, gently guide the belly towards your hand. Ribs left and right, chest lifts, and exhale as you relax the entire body. Good. Two more rounds. Inhale, belly, ribs, chest, and exhale, relax. One more. Inhale, belly, ribs, chest, and exhale, relax as you melt into the seat. Let the hands come down. And when you're ready, no rush, you can gently open the eyes. And I'd love to hear how you feel. I feel fantastic. I know. I don't <laughs> think I've ever inhaled that much. Normally, I have a hard time mm -hmm. with inhaling because I just run out and I'm like, yeah. can't get anything at the end. But when you broke it down like that, I was actually taking the whole time. Mm -hmm. I never thought of it that way. I'm like. If you watch a newborn baby born, you can actually see on the inhale, their bellies rise. And on the exhale, they fall. So it really is like the natural mm -hmm. way to breathe. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you wonder what causes that. You know, you want to have abs, especially as an athlete, trying to have these, you know, abs. And a lot of times, honestly, I find the students that I work with the most who have this inflexibility or unflexibility in the rib cage are athletes. Constant compression. Yeah. And the other key thing is when you bring the belly out, that ignites the diaphragm to come down which allows the lungs that sit on top of your diaphragm here. When the diaphragm comes down, your lungs fully expand. And then on the exhale, the heart gets massaged as the diaphragm comes up and pushes the CO2 out. They call the diaphragm the second heart. Interesting. That makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That is so incredible. Hmm. So that type of breath work, I would always tell students, it's great for you to come to a state of calm. And if you want to take it to the next level using that calm to alert scale that I mentioned earlier, shorter inhales, longer exhales. So we usually say four to six second count and harnessing the power of a long, slow exhale is the key to optimizing your CO2 tolerance. And then if you wanted to take it next level, breath holding after exhales is what we do a lot with athletes. Well, we just tried a nasal breathing exercise and saw its power it was incredible. Do you have any advice for chronic mouth breathers who want to improve their nasal breathing? Yeah, practice, practice, practice. But also knowing and trusting that your CO2 tolerance can change. And the way to change that is to start nose breathing. And when I say CO2 tolerance, it's really important to understand there's a lot of times this misconception around, I need more oxygen to breathe. The actual urge to breathe is the buildup of CO2 in the body. So when someone has a panic attack or an asthma attack, 
their body is offloading all of the CO2, which causes this hyperventilation out of the mouth. That's literally the biological response of your body telling you to stop breathing because you need to allow that CO2 to build up. Why? Because CO2 is a vasodilator, which allows your throat to expand, allows your blood vessels to expand. When we have patients who have asthma attacks, we say, can you do mini breath holds instead of taking your inhaler, which as we know is over a $300 billion market. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about the different uh, methods. Mm. I know there's three that I can kind of list right now. Um, you're a practitioner for all of them. We got Wim Hof, yeah. Oxygen Advantage, and this is the one I struggle with, Buteco. Yes, perfect. Oh, okay. So I know that you kind of focus on all of those. Can you explain what the differences are? Is there one of these methods that you would say is best for athletic performance? Mm, yeah. I was just on site with an NCAA team talking to coaches about this, and I think it's actually a mixture. And this is why I love the breathwork ecosystem, because our approach to supporting athletes is both the mental health and the physical health. And I think a lot of times the physical health, we saw Simone a couple of weeks ago, what happened there. And that moment gave me goosebumps for like a day because proud of her. That could be a whole nother conversation. But I think a lot of athletes got goosebumps that day. And for mental health, again, depending on where you are at with your health in the moment, I really think Wim Hof or what we call breathing plus because you're over breathing is really great for the intention of resetting yourself, resetting your nervous system, pressing pause. Um, I use it a lot, especially if I'm in a social event and I feel like I'm just dragging and not in the optimal state. I will go do breathing plus and come back completely re-energized. Same thing if you're in a recovery or say you just had two games and the Monday's the rest day, utilizing that day for breathing plus. And then in terms of lifestyle breathing for athletes, absolutely oxygen advantage. Okay. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. It is incredible mm -hmm. to know how deep you can dive into the world of breath work based on what your personal needs are. Mm -hmm. How did that come to be? Yeah, it all started in India. I took a eight day retreat actually just before COVID had happened. And it was this retreat that was completely in silence. <laughs> you couldn't look at your phone. You couldn't even look people in the eye. And we did what we called Shadarshan Kriya, which was made in Bangalore. And in that space, we would wake up, do yoga, do breath work. And the breath work looks very different from any of the methods that we have mentioned. It's about a 50 minute practice, takes time and dedication. And then we would meditate after. Wow. And the amount of healing that happened in that room. And it was so fascinating because all of us became so, so close without saying a word to each other. So what I wanted to cultivate was a method that worked best for me and my body. And of course, not saying that's going to work best for everyone, but it is about a 40 minute practice that intertwines some of the Kriya that I learned there along with sound healing. So one of my really good friends will teach on a regular basis here in Encinitas, California to give back to the community for free. And it looks very much like the LT method. Wow. The way that you speak about human <laughs> connection and healing, all of these things, just, I just feel like I'm having like so many epiphanies right now. It's, this is, <laughs> this is a lot for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is the breathing exercise that is like your go-to or your favorite 
or the one that you always find yourself doing the most often? Yeah. Um, I think the most powerful one is the Shadarshan Kriya that I learned in India. The only thing is, is like the time, right? So I have some time being so busy, like, do I have the time? And the answer is yes, I get to make the time. So when I make the time, it's truly game changing. If I need a faster, like I don't have enough time, I'll do like the breathing plus Wim Hof method. I still tape my mouth. I lie next to my partner and we wake up with mouth tape on. It's a beautiful thing. And still doing the breath holding and oxygen advantage exercises myself. I do that because it's really important for me to teach in this authentic manner where it has moved me. And I think students in the community can feel that because that's our goal too, is to move people. Yes. Such a deep connection. The mouth thing. I've tried it one time at Under Armour actually. And that was very difficult. I was surprised at how much more difficult it made things for me. And that, that was my aha moment back then when I was like, I am, I guess I'm a mouth breather Mm -hmm. and I've been trying to work on it ever since. So now I'm excited. Well, I think what you just said is really important (laughs) because it's really easy for us when we're not good at something to, to walk away from it. And I would encourage you to lean into that. And when you understand the science and the benefits, then it cultivates this, okay, I'm going to do this. And the mindset component of, right, it's like, I will or I do. I love that. Yes. Um, So for any of our listeners that really want to just see what this is about, do you have any extra resources that our listeners can tap into um, to learn more about conscious breathing? Yeah. If you go to thepeakflow.com, we have quite a few clinical studies up there for anyone who's still not fully enrolled in the science. And also, honestly, YouTube has a lot of great practitioners on there. I think everyone, every teacher brings a different style and energy. And I encourage you to look some up and see what's best for you. But in terms of thepeakflow.com, join the newsletter. We're going to be launching a new platform here at the end of the month. And I've personally hit a ceiling with I was trying to help as many people as possible. And my days were just so, so slammed. So I'm happy to say that we've hired a whole team and we're looking to expand and help as many humans as possible. Amazing. Oh, yes. (laughs) We are going to breathe, y'all. I'm so excited about this. Thank you so much, Lindsay. This has been enlightening and comforting and just inspiring. You really, really have brought us to a better place in just a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Under Armour Sweat the Details will be back after a short break. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Welcome back to Sweat the Details. So let's do a little shakeout, shall we, Meg? Yes, let's do it. Okay, I feel really good, but we're going to go ahead and play a game. Before we start this game, I actually want to acknowledge that it's called Breathe In, Breathe Out. (laughs) So we're going to lighten the mood. We're going to ask you about your lifestyle preferences, okay? So you would respond, breathe in to what you like and breathe out to what you don't like. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. And we're going to kind of like rapid fire it. Perfect. All right. All right. Meg, kick us off. Okay. Morning yoga practice. 
Breathe in. Nine to five work hours. Breathe out. <laughs> Surfing. Breathe in deep. <laughs> <laughs> Breathing exercises before sleeping. Breathe in. Chronic mouth breathing. Breathe out. <laughs> Meditation apps. Mm. I'm curious about this answer. <laughs> Breathe in out. <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it. It's an in-between. It sounds like on the meditation apps. So do you have a favorite or why is there a mix? Well, truthfully, I think there's power in letting go of the technology and allowing yourself to be. So with that, I love listening to YouTube videos of the guru in India that taught me for meditation. Other than that, I don't listen to apps. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. That makes sense. Yes. I love it. And that's the game. Lindsay, thank you so much. This was so fun. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a blast. Of course. Can you share where all of our listeners can find you? Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram at peakflow underscore and also at www.thepeakflow.com. Perfect. Awesome. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today. This was such a great conversation and hopefully we'll chat soon again. Sounds good. Thank you, ladies. Breathe through the nose. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Wow. So thank you again to Lindsay. That was such an inspiring and informative conversation. Mon, what was something that you took away? Because my notes are like a mile long. Yeah, I'm trying to read my chicken scratch. It's like, like the whole thing. I'm like all of it. Wrap it up in a package because that was gold. Yeah. Number one, the nose knows, like just bringing everything back to the nose and back to the power that we hold with our breathing to calm us or to energize us. Like inhaling is energizing and exhaling is relaxing. Putting that together with intention, I feel like it's going to literally transform everything I do in my day to day. So powerful and so valuable. Yeah. I feel like when she mentioned the competition anxiety, I related to that so much because of that one competition I had that just kind of left me feeling defeated. It, and it was my anxiety. That's what took over. I couldn't control my breath. I mean, I feel like breath is something that we think is just so natural and that it's so easy to control. It shouldn't be something that's difficult. But I have a very hard time controlling my breath, especially when I'm doing like grueling exercises. It's like I lose complete control. So I feel like I'm actually going to take away a lot of this stuff and try it. And she mentioned something. She said, the power of surrendering. When she said mm. that, I got chills. I got serious chills because she was like the power of surrendering and you can use your breath as a remote control to life. And I don't know, something about that just, it hit me and it made me just so much more aware. I'm, I'm blown away, to be honest with you right now. I really didn't think that talking about breathing was going to have me feeling like I should go run through a wall, but right now I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm with you. We're going through the wall together. We are breathing <laughs> and we are running through this wall and we are conquering. I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. Well, I think that our listeners are going to have quite a bit of information to take with them as they head into these next couple months facing breathing and living and the power of surrendering. Absolutely. I'm making it definitely my goal <laughs> to get into some more breath work. And on that topic, 
Let's talk about these goals. Let's do it. Let's get into where we are with our goal check-in. So for everyone that is listening in, for those of you who are usually listening in or those of you who might be listening for the first time, this is the portion where Meg and I like to talk about what our goals are and how we can help each other and how we can continue to support one another reach those goals. So Meg, what you got going on over there? What's your goal right now? Well, I talked about um, my deadlift goal, which is still a goal, still working hard for it. Um, But I actually introduced something new to my training last week, and it was Olympic lifts. I've been so inspired by the Olympics. My coach has been telling me, it's time. You've been powerlifting now for three years. It's time to move on to some weight lifts, you know, and just let's give it a shot. So I learned the clean and jerk. It was terrifying for me. Because it's a whole new world when you're throwing that weight up above your head and not just, you know, picking it up and setting it back down. When you toss it above your head, it's a whole new world. So I am now making that a goal that I'm going to get up to 135 at some point in the next couple of weeks or months, however long it takes. I have no judgment against myself. And we're going to see what happens. Hopefully 135, I can hit that. I'm going to keep updating you because I feel excited. I've been watching videos and just really trying to learn more about the technique and the form. And now I think I need to add breathing to that. So <laughs> I think that needs to be added a little bit higher on the list. But that's kind of where I am now with my my list. And we're going to see what happens. Maybe this is the year that I face my anxiety and I get back on the, the platform. This is it. Remember what Lindsay said. She was yeah. all about, you know, being, you know, feeling mm-hmm. that and really embodying it. So how can we best support you? What, what can we do to help you and fuel this goal and your work towards it? Um, feedback, maybe. <laughs> it was really neat because I posted a video in my stories about me doing the clean and jerk for the first time and kind of the process of how I was learning it. And I got a lot of great like feedback, like people that were actually saying like, oh, I'm noticing this is what you're doing good. And for me, that's really like the best thing that you could do for me is to tell me and note like what is what I'm doing right, what what's good about my form, what should I keep doing? Because sometimes it feels really overwhelming when it's like, here's like a long list of everything you're doing wrong. It feels like it's too much. How am I going to conquer all of that? But the little positive notes of like, here's what you're doing right, that just, oh, it gives me like butterflies and it makes me feel really good. So what about you? Tell us about your fight. What are you doing to prepare? How's all of that going? I need an update. Oh, yeah. We are officially kicking off fight camp right now. And I've designed my own conditioning program, which, you know, I design a strength and conditioning program for an entire studio and hundreds of people. But for some reason, for me, it took a little while to really lock in and get comfortable with that. So now my goal is to show up and to really do it. I'll be conditioning on my own ball slams, rowing, ski erg, going into plyometrics on my own. And so I'm nervous and excited to really lock into my own programming in this way as a fighter. And I am still working with my coach. We're still doing Olympic lifts. And and for no reason besides, I think it's just helpful for just power mechanics and synergy. But I, like you, like today I did a split jerk for the first time ever. And yes. You know, I'm I'm right there with you. The feedback is so helpful. I love to watch the videos back and really see like, okay, did we get all the way vertical? Did we get under it fast enough? And mm-hmm. so yes, the feedback would be super helpful. But also just just hearing from y'all makes me happy. 
you know, it's, it's the connection, you know, it is the yeah. connection. It's the community. Even if it's mm-hmm. not even necessarily relevant to my goal, knowing that I have people beside me and around me has been energizing. And I'm very much looking forward to digging deeper into the breathing game too. It's going to be a game changer for yeah. sure. We have a lot to learn. <laughs> I, at least I have a lot to learn. No, no, I'm with you. In the we, breathing we got world. To learn. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for us. We have some big goals and I think we're going to crush them. I have a good feeling. I love it. All right. Well, thank you all for joining and listening in FitFam. If you like what you heard on the show, subscribe for free or follow the show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review. Until next time, stay inspired, stay motivated, and don't forget to sweat the details. Bye. Bye. If you liked what you heard on the show, subscribe for free or follow the show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review. Sweat the Details is a collaboration with Under Armour and iHeartRadio. Our show is hosted by me, Monica Jones. And me, Meg Boggs. Our executive producers are Jess Schreibstein, Giselle Lewis-Archbald, Molly Sosha, and Maya Cole. Our producers are Kelly Antol, Layla Kadrain, Emma Osborne, and Alejandra Arevalo. And our sound editor and engineer is Sarah Gibble-Laska. Keep up the latest news in women's fitness by following Under Armour at Under Armour Women and at Under Armour. 